Hey friends, so I'm out here with the cows. If you hear some mooing in the background, it's just live from the field. But I wanted to let you know that this episode is pretty fun. I learned a lot from Kira about chickens and the potential for raising a dual purpose bird. This is new to me and I really think you're gonna enjoy it. So have a listen, whether you're new with chickens for broilers or for hens, then have a listen, whether you're an old timer. I mean, you're just gonna enjoy it, I think. It a lot of new things to think about and maybe some more efficient ways that we could all be doing chickens. Hey friends! Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned. Everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. It's me, Lacey, today here with Kira. I am really excited to be sharing and talking with her a little bit more in depth. She is going to be one of the presenters at our upcoming Skillshare event. If you're not already registered, be sure you're registered. It's going to be an incredible opportunity to learn hands-on and see in a real-life situation instead of just watching via YouTube or however you have been learning so far. Get your hands dirty a little bit and talk to the people face-to-face who are doing this in real life on the regular. And I'm really excited that Kara has decided to join us. She is also a North Carolinian. She lives further West than we do more towards the mountains. Are you technically in the mountains, Kara? Foothills. In the foothills. Okay. That's a very beautiful area of North Carolina. And she is an avian expert and a poultry expert amongst other things. But today and at the Skillshare, she's going to really focus in and help people get their minds around starting with poultry, whether you want egg layers or you want a broiler flock, whatever it might be that you're looking to get started. She has a lot of answers and can help you guide you towards finding better solutions. But Kira, we really like to start at the beginning with everyone and get to know people what motivated them to start homesteading and really what it looked like in the beginning. So did you, were you grown up on a farm? I actually grew up in Tampa, Florida. <gasps> Drew did too. That's crazy. <laughs> but maybe you guys were in the same class. <laughs> oh, possibly, possibly. I floated around a lot, but Tampa, Florida, I was a city girl. It actually, I started raising chickens. My oldest daughter was in FFA ah. um, and Part of one of her middle school projects was to raise a couple chickens. And that's where I started. And I've had chickens ever since. (laughs) A very slippery slope. (laughs) I've raised everything from Americanas, Easter Eggers, ducks, quail, turkey, bantams for a little bit. Um, And I've kind of settled on barred rock. They're a great dual purpose bird. And so I've been sticking with them for about six years now. Okay. That's incredible. So, um, let's start back at the beginning. So you got those first birds. Does FFA, FFA send home, which for those of you who don't know, can you describe a little bit FFA? There's been a lot of interest lately. People are like, I didn't even know that that was a thing because a lot of high schools, if they offer it, it's kind of an undercurrent that only the kids who are raised on farms know about. Can you share a little bit about FFA? I mean, I, I think that's an interesting topic. It is. FFA is Future Farmers of America, typically offered as an conjunction with the agriculture classes. I have noticed that up here, they are only offered in high school, but in Florida, they, it was offered uh, beginning in sixth grade. And so what it is, is it really allows the kids to get experience with with the farming community, whether it be gardening, poultry, all the way up to 
to dairy industries and stuff like that. And it really gives the kids a sneak peek at all of it. And I think it's great. There's also a lot of scholarships and grants associated with it if the kids are wanting to move towards animal sciences and stuff like that. And it's just a great program. Interesting. So how would you, is it kind of similar to 4-H or just a little bit different? Very, very similar to 4-H. I found that 4-H is offered for a wider age group than Mm -hmm. FFA. FFA does tend to focus more on commercialized farming Mm -hmm. as opposed to sustainable practices that I know some of the 4-H programs offer. Okay. All right. Very interesting. Okay. Well, that's a fun thing to look into. If you have kids in the public school system, then it can be a great way to get them involved in the farming community locally. Okay. So moving on from that with, with that, when your daughter brought home chicks, was it something that FFA provided like an incubator or did you just get chicks already hatched? What was that process like? So FFA um, actually provided us, we started with four chickens and they were, I mean, a couple of days old. And at the time (laughs) we didn't know how to sex the birds. So we ended up with three roosters and a hen. That's the um, <laughs> of buying if you want. <laughs> it, it was interesting to kind of getting used to having the roosters. We built a coop in our backyard. It was nothing fancy. It was some two by fours, a couple pieces of tin and chicken wire. And through that, we learned that dogs are very inquisitive, <laughs> but those birds survived luckily, uh, even with the dogs. <laughs> And this is when you were still in Tampa? Yes. Yes. Okay, so uh, we were on. Yeah. They were in our backyard. We were in a neighborhood. We were on like an eighth of an acre mm-hmm. with, with four chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I had really nice neighbors. <laughs> Good. Okay. So how did it grow from there? I mean, if you were still in the city, clearly you weren't like, oh, I know. Let's start raising meat birds. I don't know. what. It, how did it progress? <laughs> And you moved, obviously, too. Yeah, yeah. So it actually progressed. We ended up expanding the flock. We loved the chickens. Um, We ended up with 12 birds total at the end of the year because the other parents decided that chickens were not for them. And I was like, well, I'll take all the chickens. (laughs) And then uh, then my son got into 4-8, or I'm sorry, FFA. Mm -hmm. And he actually went into judging poultry. Oh, neat. So, yeah, it was really, really cool to see all the competitions and stuff that they held and, and him practicing judging the poultry by holding up our chickens in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, yeah, if you haven't been to the state fair, I know 4-H is very involved in the state fair, and I imagine so is FFA. I just don't know it as much. But that's always one of my favorite things to do is to go down the livestock barns and see all these animals that have been judged. And I, it's just like, who is judging and what is it based on? It's all very fascinating. And, and the things, the, the little check, bar, check marks that, uh, that they have to tick is crazy. You know, it, the spacing of the feathers and the color variation in those and, and how their feet sit. It's crazy. Interesting. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what did you say already? What breed you had then? We started with the Americanas. Okay. And then we ended up with some leghorns, Easter acres. We had uh, the Wyanadotes for a little bit. Uh, we have tri- Rhode Island Reds. Mm, that was a uh, Rhode Island Red and, and a leghorn. 
Yeah, we had the Rhode Island Reds, and then we ended up with uh, Plymouth Rock, which are different than Bard Rock, and just fell in love with those colorings and their and their temperament and stuff like that. And then we found the cousin to them, the Bard Rock, and just fell in love with those because their temperament's just so much greater. They're amazing layers, and then they're also an amazing dual-purpose bird, so we can get both meat and eggs out of them. Yeah, that's really interesting to me. So, okay, we skipped us a few parts of your story from how did you end up in from Tampa to North Carolina? My husband was actually born and raised here. Oh, okay. Yes. So we, <laughs> about four years, ago, five years ago now, he decided he wanted to move back home and I was like, I love the mountains. So let's go. Yeah. We bought, we bought 10 acres up here and started the farm. Full fledged. That's okay. So he's full-time with you at home farming? No, he's actually a truck driver. Oh, okay. Well, that is a good way to fund the farm. (laughs) I'm not complaining. (laughs) We need more truck drivers these days, don't we? Okay. So the chicken endeavor went from four birds to 12 birds to then what? Lord, I ended up with 30 something birds at one point. (laughs) A chicken math is a real thing. It's a real thing. Uh, <laughs> you think you only have five or six, but no, no, in reality, you have like 30 something. Mm. And that's when I was actually learning how to process bird. And and I had actually my neighbor, a Haitian gentleman, teach me how to process birds because that, that was. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Hands-on training, let me tell you. And then I, and that's how that went. Um, I just uh, started processing my own chicken. Okay, so I have on. a question for you because the tr- the way that I we do our broilers is we have one day and we I mean, I raise a batch and we do them all at once. And I'm wondering, is that the same method you're using or are you doing more like one chicken at a time? Uh, so I do batch processing. Okay. But for, I know a lot of broilers, I believe it's six to nine weeks, they're har- from hatch to harvest. With the barred rocks, because they are a dual purpose, you're looking at more of uh, four to six months. So I'll incubate 20 with the expectation of harvesting 12 to 15. Because um, then you have eggs sometimes that don't hatch or somebody will want a layer bird and started bird but I have a rotation system so once a month I process 12 to 15 birds at the same time 20 birds go in or 20 eggs go into the incubator so it's a rolling system okay that's really smart and what is it that you I mean in terms of meat have you done other varieties of, of broilers before I've done lots of different broilers as far as Cornish crossing to be the big one. If I can find a good deal on those, I'll mm-hmm. pick up a big bat and process them all. Uh, but for the most part, I typically stay with the barred rocks or the Cornish cross if I can get my hands on them. Okay. And with the, the barred rock, you're raising them all, right? So your eggs are coming from your layers and you put those in the incubator and then from there you're raising and butchering. Is that right? Yes. Oh, okay. Have you hit any kind of complications in that system? Because I know that for us, we've tried weather varieties, Jersey Giants and Freedom Rangers. We tried thinking, okay, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do heritage birds. That's what we wanted to do when we first got here. And of course we wanted them to be mainly just free, like, ranging but they never gained enough weight and then when we did process them they were very meatless (laughs) (laughs) so I'm curious what your process looks like with your bar rocks how do you how are you raising the the ones that you're doing for meat is it the same or is it different than the ones that you raise for eggs it's actually the same process unfortunately living in the foothills means I do have a lot of predators Mm -hmm. they all of my chickens have a very large run but it is fully enclosed. I mean, top to bottom, that sucker is for knots of chicken coops. 
Yeah. But it's about a 60 by 20 foot space. And we only ever have maybe 40 birds in there at once. So they, they have lots and lots of room. But I think the only snag that I've really ran into is I had a couple roosters that decided they didn't want to do their job. Because obviously, as the, the birds get older, I rotate them out. So once they hit about that two and a half year mark, my main layers start getting rotated out. And at the time, it was all four of my roosters went down at once. Oh, man. Which was wasn't a big deal. I had some roosters on backup. Um, they were they were going to be harvested, but they got to live. Uh, <laughs> and and they didn't want to do their job. And and I didn't have another batch coming in due to be due to be hatched. And and I was like, well, well, crap. <laughs> so there was there was they said they they interrupted my rotation for about three months. I see. Um, before I had confirmed fertilized eggs to go back into the incubator to restart the cycle. Interesting. Okay. All right. And you feel like the feed you're giving the feed, the same feed to the broilers and to the, the layers this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're all in one happy colony. One flock. Yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> colony. I like so that. I mark them with the little, little rubber rings oh. that go along their legs. So, so my main, main egg layers are marked with yellow bands. And then the ones that are marked to be harvested are red bands or ones that are marked to be sold or green green bands. Okay. All right. Well, I'm curious if you, is this something that you just kind of discovered from your own experimentation or were you, did somebody help you kind of figure this out? Definitely experimentation. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of anyone doing it like this before. And I, I love it. There's some freedom in it because I think that, you know, when you get two flocks running, it just, there's a lot of, it's just, harder. It makes everything a little bit more complicated. So I think this is really enticing to homesteaders in particular who can maybe manage one flock more easily than they can do two or even three at a time. I find it way more calming. I don't have to worry about two different types of feed. I don't have to worry about are these chickens getting enough protein or versus these or, you know, as an eggler flock, I need to watch them for uh, their calcium levels, maybe they're laying, you know, soft eggs. Do I need to worry, you know, nutrients? I know they're all very well taken care of. Regardless, they all have the same nutrients and vitamins and the same feed. So it kind of works out for us. Yeah, that makes life a lot easier. Well, very cool. I, I'm curious if you have, if you could distill mm-hmm. all of the wisdom, the chicken wisdom that you have down to like your top advice for people who are wanting to maybe not just start with chickens. Cause I feel like that's fairly easy, but to make the switch into, to raising their own meat birds, because I feel like that is a lot of people get hung up on the the idea of raising animals that then they're going to process. And yeah, what would you encourage somebody with or advise somebody with? Find a friend. Hmm, Somebody that that you can just bounce ideas off of. It doesn't even need to be like a bona fide chicken tender, just somebody that you can talk to about it. Yeah. I mean, because going in with, with a, with a partner or a teammate or just somebody that that's there to listen to you cry because your bird is not acting the way you think it should. <laughs> somebody to just listen when things go wrong is tremendous because things will go wrong. Every, it, it always does. Yeah. Um, but being able to pick yourself up from that is, is a big quality. I mean, it's, it's necessary for farming. Yeah. Cause things will die. <laughs> yeah because because things will die I mean even when you think you have everything I mean I, I consider my chicken coop Fort Knox but I still had a thought a couple months back get a hold of a couple of chickens I don't think it's going to happen again 
but you never know. Nature has a way of finding a way. Especially foxes, we've noticed. (laughs) (laughs) They're sneaky little buggers. All right. Well, Kara, it was really fun getting to know your story and how you got into all of this. I think that it's word to the wise. If you don't want to have chickens, don't ever let anyone send home chickens. (laughs) No, because it's (laughs) chicken meth. That is, it's chicken meth. And I have definitely advise people not to go into tractor supply or other farm supply stores at this time of year if they don't want to leave with at least a handful because uh, that's usually what happens, especially if they take children. In. <laughs> but it's been really fun learning from you and I can't wait to have you here at the Skillshare and see some of your process sort of hands-on. And this bard rock information, I think is just really, really fascinating. And I think we even have one and we call her Lucky. I, she might be, a, I'm not positive. I don't know my chicken breeds as well as I should, but she's the chicken that never dies. She's like, we've had like three or four different instances where chickens died for random reasons and she just keeps on clucking. I don't know, but it maybe that's because her breed is the best breed. <laughs> And everybody, you can stay, oh, I forgot to ask. Everybody needs to stay connected with you, Kara. Kara, can you share some of the information and ways that people can stay in touch? Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram. Um, You can find me at Huffman Hill Farm. Also have a website if you ever want to browse. I got a lot of tutorials and helpful hints as far as raising animals in general. That's huffmanhill.farm. Mm, I love that. All right. Awesome. Anyway, I'm really excited to share this information and I can't wait to see it at the Skillshare. Thanks so much for being on this call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Did you learn something new? I hope so. And I hope you stay tuned and catch with us on the next episode and stay tuned. We have lots of fun things going on while our Skillshare event has completely sold out. It's official. We have more on the books, more fun things coming down the pipelines for everyone near and far. So stay tuned, keep touching base with us, connect with us, ask us those questions, and we'll see you soon.